There is a certain rock formation in the country of Australia known as Uluru. Okay, I don't know how many geologists we have in the building with this. I'm not sure my pronunciation of that is on point. Uh, but Uluru is what's known as a monolith. Does anybody know what a monolith is? A monolith is a single rock. It is a large single rock. And so Uluru is the largest monolith in the world. Okay, this thing is over a thousand feet tall. It is about six miles in circumference. Okay, so going around it, uh, you could you could host almost host a 10k race around this thing. Um, no idea how heavy this thing is. I'm sure it's more awkward than it is heavy, right? We all know. Uh, but this thing it, it is immovable. It is unshakable. I don't know what it would take to move it. Like, I don't know if it would take every Australian man, woman, and dingo, okay, rolling up their sleeves so that they could push on this thing and get this thing moving. I don't know if a hundred dozers on one side pulling and a hundred on the other pushing would move this thing. Uh, the only thing I can think of is if we flew Chuck Norris down to Australia and Chuck Norris dared it to move, okay? Um, I don't know, maybe you could destroy it. Okay, I don't know if it would be dynamite or C4 or a nuclear bomb of some kind that would actually break it up to move it, but this is a big rock. Okay, this is a big rock. And throughout the Bible, throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, God is described as a rock, right? In Genesis, Jacob describes God as the rock of Israel. Hannah, the mother of Samuel, in a prayer of thanksgiving, declares, there is no rock like our God. And in Psalm 18, 30 and 31 says, This God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord proves true. He is a shield for all those who take refuge in Him. For who is God but the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? Whenever I was a student in, in youth ministry, whenever I was a teenager, we had this song that we sang, Jesus is the rock and He rolls my blues away. Bop, shoe, bop, shoe, bop, woo. Do you remember that one? Okay. Hand motions and everything, we don't have time for it. Um, it's a wonder anybody got saved in the 90s, right? <laughs> so before Dwayne Johnson was asking his audiences if they could smell what the rock was cooking, God was cooking all along. God has been cooking since Genesis chapter 1, cooking the oatmeal. Okay, some of you know what I'm talking about, right? So we're in this series right now called Songs of Yesterday, and what we've done is we've been looking at uh, some of the greatest hymns that have ever been written, okay? And we've looked at some of the stories behind those, some of the theology within those, and what we've found is the more that we understand about the song, okay, it changes the way that we sing it. And if it changes the way that we sing it, it changes the way that we worship. And the song that we're looking at today is called The Solid Rock. And it was a song written by a man named Edward Mote. And Edward, his parents owned a pub, and they refused to allow a Bible in their house, okay? For whatever reason, if they believed that it was uh, a bunch of mumbo-jumbo, if they didn't want their lifestyle and, and their, their business to be affected in any way, uh, but they did not want a Bible in their house, and so Edward actually became a Christian as a teenager, okay? So shout out to youth ministry right there. He became a Christian as a teenager, and he went into the profession uh, as a cabinet maker. He was a cabinet maker, too. So shout out to the cabinet makers in the house. Um, but 
After that, he would become a pastor and begin to, to write sermons, to write hymns, and um, he wrote these words that you just heard. He wrote, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ, the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. And so the last portion of this song makes the contrast between rock and between sand. And this is a compare and contrast that Jesus makes in the Sermon on the Mount. So if you brought your Bibles with you, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 7. Okay? In Matthew 7, Jesus is preaching the Sermon on the Mount. Okay? And this is his longest documented sermon. The Sermon on the Mount takes up three different chapters, and most preachers, if they were to give advice to, to younger preachers, up-and-coming preachers, they would probably give them the advice of try to stick to one topic, okay? So maybe this Sunday you talk about the grace of God. Maybe that Sunday you talk about forgiveness, and Jesus blows that advice out of the water. Okay, because in the Sermon on the Mount, he's going to talk about anger, he's going to talk about lust, he's going to talk about divorce, he's going to talk about uh, retaliating against people, he's going to talk about judging others, he's going to talk about forgiving your enemies, want a little bit of Lord's Prayer in there, he's going to throw that in there too, he's going to talk about stress, he's going to talk about worry, he's going to talk about fasting, all of these things, okay, he's putting this all together uh, in, in a way to give his people a direction for their life, Okay teaching them how they should live. And so all that said, he tells these people these things because he loves them. He wants them to live a full and abundant life. He wants them to live lives of meaning, of purpose, all of those things. And so what we're about to read is actually his closing statement. Okay, This is his closing statement. This is his summary to the Sermon on the Mount. And so we can pick this up in Matthew 7, verse 24. It's on the screen if you don't have your Bible with you. He says... Everyone then who hears these words of mine, okay, so everything that he's just said, right, everything leading up to this point, and to be honest, everything that he will say after, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Sounds good, right? Right? Sign me up for that. We want that. Verse 26, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. So in this short passage, Jesus separates the wise from the foolish. Okay, If you are wise, you will hear my words and you will do them. If you are a fool, you will hear my words and you will not do them, right? And you hear it right there is that both parties, both camps are hearing the same thing, right? It's just like everybody in this room. We're all hearing the same thing right now unless you've got AirPods in and listen, listening to Leonard Skinner or something, okay? And I just can't see. But we're all hearing the same thing, right? How you apply it to your life depends on you, okay? And what Jesus is saying is that if you hear my words and you do them, then you are wise, but if you hear my words and don't apply them to your life, then you're an idiot, okay? Like, I didn't say that. Jesus said that, okay? So if you're offended, get offended at Jesus, right? Okay, so this is, this is where we're at, okay? It is the person who hears the word of God and does it, 
right, that is considered wise. And I want, I want everyone in this room, I want that to be us. I want everyone watching online, whatever camera uh, is looking at me now, like I want us to be people uh, who are about the Word of God and who do the Word of God and that live that out and who are wise. Um, because the truth is this, is that I don't think people always intentionally choose what is foolish. Like very few people set out uh, to want to, to make their life miserable. Right? I want you to think about a house of cards for a minute. Has anybody ever been able to like build a house of cards? Like, okay, of course you can. You, yeah, a few, right? A few of us have, okay? Yeah, your whole <laughs> perfect, perfect illustration. Like building a house of cards, I was never able to get past like maybe the first three cards, like where you set them up and put one on top. Some of you just have that skill with your hands and everything, but if you're building a house of cards, by the time you get into the second or third tier, um, it gets pretty risky, right? Because any, any trembling hand, that thing's going to fall apart. Any open door and a gust of wind coming in, that thing's going to come down. Just somebody trying to be a jerk and throwing something at you while you're working on it, like anything can blow that house of cards to pieces. And... A fool, like a house of cards, a fool's life crumbles before his eyes, right? Imagine for a minute that you are, that you are looking for a place to build a home. Because we're using this parable, we're using this illustration. Imagine for a minute that you're looking for a place to build a home. You, you are not going to a desert, right, with, with sinkholes and quicksand saying, yes, this is the spot that I want to build on. Right? You're not going to the wetlands. You're not going where waves pull the sand in and out saying, this is the place that I want to build my life. Right? We don't think that way, but unfortunately, sometimes our homes have foundation issues. Right? And it's not because we're intentionally trying to do that. It's just because maybe there wasn't a lot of thought put into it. Maybe the builder didn't consider this or that. Right? There's, there's things that happen not because we're stubborn, but just because we don't put a lot of thought into it. Right? And I think, I think for every believer, they're sort of in the same camp. For everyone who's a Christian or trying to be a Christian, like we don't set out to, to make bad decisions. Right? I think that we want to build our lives on the foundation of Jesus. I think that we want to do good. I think we want to do right. But somewhere along the way, we find other things to build our lives on. We find different foundations to invest our time, invest our money. We just sort of just get busy with life. And it seems like, it seems like this foundation works. It seems like other foundations work other than Jesus. But unfortunately, it's a matter of time before those come crumbling down. Okay, we, we find out that what we thought was steady isn't steady at all. And so every, every couple of years, we see something like this. We see hurricanes and tsunamis and monsoons uh, hit impoverished countries. And, and what do we normally see about that? We see these storms devastate neighborhoods. We see these storms devastate homes in those regions. Not that hurricanes don't affect us here in the States. They most certainly do. Uh, but not like the way it does in some of these other countries. Like, a, like Haiti, for example. Um, it's, storms hit Haiti differently than they hit us. Okay, because we have uh, certain building codes and we have engineers that build homes a certain way and, and we understand what it takes to, to build foundations and create structures and that sort of things. Whereas in very impoverished countries, uh, they lack the resources for that. They lack the, sometimes they lack the skills for that. People don't have the money uh, to pay a professional to dig down deep and build a home for them. They don't have the money to buy resources to make their homes sturdy. And so when these storms come, in countries like this, it often 
decimates whole neighborhoods. Hundreds of people lose their lives. Hundreds of people uh, lose their homes. And it becomes just this nationwide crisis and catastrophe. But with a strong foundation, uh, any home would stand a much better chance. Now, to be clear, having a firm foundation, having a steady foundation does not rescue, from hard, rescue you from hard times or a difficult life, right? It doesn't. Um, if you experience difficult times and difficult seasons, it doesn't necessarily mean that the Lord has abandoned you or that you've walked away from your faith or anything like that. It just means sometimes that life is hard. We can all agree with that, that life is hard. And the second verse of this song, The Solid Rock, uh, Edward Mote uh, writes these words, and I think this is something that can encourage us. He says, When darkness veils his lovely face, I rest on his unchanging grace. In every high and stormy gale, my anchor holds within the veil. When you hear anchor, what do you think of? You think of a boat, right? Right, we think of a boat. We think of, of a boat needing an anchor. Why does a boat need an anchor? Because if a boat is left to float wherever it will, it will often get thrown up onto the banks or it will end up way out in the middle of an ocean. It can get drawn in or drawn out uh, wherever the waves want to take it. And so an anchor keeps that boat in place. An anchor keeps that boat steady. And so not only is, is Jesus for us a firm foundation, but Jesus is an anchor that steadies us, that steadies us in hard times, that steadies us when waves come, that steadies us when storms hit us. And so I want you to think back to the parable that Jesus gave at the end of Matthew 7. Uh, something that the wise man and the foolish man had in common is that they both experienced the storm. Okay? The storm hit both of them. And just like in the story of the three little pigs, right? The big bad wolf came and he huffed and he puffed. And he was able to take down houses with poor foundations, but not the one that was built well. And storms hit us differently, right? Depending on where we're at in life, what stage of life, we have different storms that hit us in different seasons, and they come in all shapes and sizes. Um, for some of us, storms come in the form of bad news. Some of you got bad news this week. For others, storms come in the form of really, really bad decisions, whether you made a bad decision, whether someone close to you made a bad decision, and it has affected you in some way. Um, storms come in the form of, of thinking that, that someone had a breakthrough, but they end up having a relapse. Okay? Storms look like addictions. Storms look like just there being tension at work, stress and turmoil in the home, uh, losing someone that you love unexpectedly. Like storms come in so many different shapes and sizes. But what, what happens whenever we establish our firm foundation and we build our life on the firm foundation of Jesus is that he will sustain us. He will sustain us in those storms. He will sustain us in those hard times. Um, but if you have not done that, God will lovingly let your life fall apart so that you can find the right foundation. We don't always like that, do we? In fact, we never like that. Because we want God to add to what we're doing. We want God to bless what we're doing. Um, but if, if it's not a life built on his word, if it's not, if it's not a life built on, on who Jesus is, then it's just a matter of time before our life will come crumbling down. And so my question for you this morning is, what are you building your life on? Like, what is your foundation? What are you building your life on? Is it your career? 
Is it your career? Because the day that you're gone, like maybe two or three days later, they'll have you replaced. Right? Is it on, is it on networking and making the right connections and make, build, meeting the right people? Right? Half of those people don't even know your name. Right? Is, it on, is it built on being fit and being healthy? Right? It's just a matter of time before certain things start sagging and other things don't work anymore. And You guys don't know anything about that. Y'all are so young. Is it, is it built on family, like in having family time? Now, what's wrong with that? That sounds good, right? right? What, happens, what happens on the day where, where your kids are grown, they're out of the house, they're busy, they're living their lives, they're raising their families, and, and at no point has anyone ever taught them about the firm foundation of Christ. At no point has anyone told them how to build their lives, and they're off living their own lives and doing their own things. All of these things are good. Like, like, love your families, lead your families well, be fit, be healthy, make good relationships, have a career that, that glorifies God. But if you, if you build, if these things become your foundation, your sole foundation, okay, they will fail you at some point because all of those things are just a phone call away on a bad day being taken from you. Right? All of those things are great things to be built on the firm foundation that is Jesus. And so I want us to go back to Uluru for a minute. All right, back to the rock. Explorers discovered this in 1872. Okay, uh, geologists say it could be 10,000 years old. Others say it could be 50 million years old. Don't really know. Don't really care. Okay, what we can all agree on is that it's been there since before we were born. Right? It's been there since before we were born. It was there yesterday. It's there today. It's probably going to be there tomorrow. It's probably going to be there the day after that. Um, that much is certain. There are many things in our lives that are not certain. There are many things in our lives that are not. And as big and as heavy and as sturdy and as immovable this rock is, our God is so much more. He is the God. He is the same God today as he was yesterday, as he was the day before, as he will be tomorrow. He is the same God that he was in 1872. He was the same God that he was 10,000 years ago and 50 million years ago. He, there is no rock like our God. He is steady. He does not change. We, on the other hand, change every day. Oh, my, do we change, right? We can go from empathetic to apathetic to pathetic in about a minute, right? We can be happy and healthy one moment, and be sad and sick the next, have money in the bank one day, the next day it's all gone. Uh, a, a guy could listen to Metallica and be ready to fight Mike Tyson and then put on Celine Dion and weep as he thinks of his heart going on, his heart moving on. You get that. Right. We, we are so fickle. We are so moody. We are ever-changing, and we are unsure. But there is no rock like our God. And when you give your life to him, when you find your base and your foundation in him, he will steady you, he will lead you, he will strengthen you in good times and bad. And he is where our hope is built. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for this challenge. Um, your, your word and your words never back down. 
you, you tell it to us like it is, and Lord, it challenges us to, um, to really reflect on our own lives and to be able to pinpoint, okay, what are, we, what are we genuinely building our life on? Are we building it on good things that, that aren't meant to, to hold the weight of our life here, Father? Or, or are we, it, it really makes us ask a lot of questions. And so we, God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you are that firm foundation. We thank you that you are the anchor uh, in the darkness, that you, that you hold us steady, that you hold us still, that you give us a point of reference when things are going crazy, when life is going crazy, Father. We know that we can fix ourselves to you and that you will lead us out of it, Lord. And so God, expose those areas in our lives where we have made, made life about other things other than you, Father. We love you. We give you all the praise and all the glory, and we ask this in Christ's name. Amen.